Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Sales Podcast. I'm Wes Schaefer, the Sales Whisperer, your host. Today we've got Dr. Stephen, Timmy, and Melody Ashley. They are the authors of Insight-Led Selling. Adopt an executive mindset, build credibility, communicate with impact. So their book just came out about a week ago. Um, So I want to get this episode published uh, as close to that date as possible. Uh, They interviewed over a dozen executives from major corporations. And you'll hear, um, I bring up from their introduction, but I want to reiterate it here. It's a a quote from uh, Steve Clancy. He's the CIO of Georgia Pacific, right? Big old wood company. Uh, major corporation. And he says, bring me something fresh from the outside, something I don't know. Show me that you've not only identified one of my problems, but you have a fresh solution that you've implemented somewhere else that will work for me too. So what are you doing to stand out? What type of insight are you providing to your prospects? So you're not another me too. Just this week, um, Monday or Tuesday, I log into LinkedIn back-to-back messages. They were invitations to connect and two different guys, two different companies, 100% identical pitch. Uh, They're using the same services. And I just, not only did I not accept their connection request, I did a screenshot, then I made a meme out of it and I covered their face and names, but I replied to both of them with the info. It's like, hey dude, you're not giving me any insight, you're not leading with insight, you're pitching me. Uh, and you're using a third-party tool. And I've got a little a little trick that I use that I know. Uh, when I, It helps me identify who's spamming me uh, through LinkedIn. So a uh, little insight I share in the Sell More of Everything group. Um, so tune in there, join us, and I will help you sell more better. Okay, Uh, but today and yesterday, and I've got one more to do tomorrow, I've been making videos, been working with Keep, um, helping them uh, grow their sales, been doing some comparison uh, videos of HubSpot versus Keep, Entreport versus Keep, Active Campaign versus Keep. And so in doing those videos, guess what? You got to host them somewhere. Then you can share them internally or you you make videos to... um, put out to the world. Um, But the nice thing with owning your own content is that you can't be canceled, at least not quite as easily as when you do it for free. So for sure, throw it up on YouTube when it makes sense. Uh, Get the SEO juice, get the traffic, get the ranking, maybe even monetize it. But you need to back up your stuff because you don't own those platforms. You don't own Facebook. You don't own Instagram. They can and will shut you down at any time. So you need to own your content, okay? I've been owning my own content just about forever. Um, So along with that, you know, I I tell you that to tee up my newest sponsor. Um, They have signed up for 10 episodes 
We're over halfway through, but I want you to take a listen to what Vidyard has to offer uh, and how you can use them to save and own your own videos and grow. And then we will get into the episode. Vidyard is an easy to use yet powerful video solution that makes it simple to create videos, host them ad-free, share them with others, and track their performance. Whether you're recording a video for one person or sharing it with the world on your website, it's easy to manage your video content. The Vidyard solution is built for business. It has robust analytics integrations with top enterprise tools like HubSpot and customization options that answer your unique needs. Look, email isn't dead, but it sure can be boring. Use Vidyard to record and send sales videos to connect with prospects, convert opportunities, and close deals. You can put a face to your name with video. I do this. Uh, Record your face, your screen, or both for prospecting videos, follow-ups, product demos, and more. Sign up for Vidyard free today by going to vidyard.com slash whisper. And just like all of you, the team at Vidyard can't keep up with all those promo codes on podcasts and blah, blah, blah. So they're making it easy to sign up. Okay, no promo code. Just go to vidyard.com slash whisper to start using Vidyard completely free. And as a bonus, get their high conversion virtual sales playbook. Vidyard.com slash whisper. So, you know, I was talking about the various comparison videos I was making, and I've done those for years, almost from day one, going back to 2008 when I got into this space uh, full time. And along those lines, you know, I've answered the same questions and asked the same questions so many times. I made a quiz, bestcrmforme.com. So if you are pondering which of those platforms would work for you, um, go check that out, bestcrmforme.com. It's a free quiz, and uh, when it's done, it will rank order several platforms uh, based on price. It will rank order them based on your answers. Uh, And then there's a link in there. If you want to talk, you get a free consultation with me after you take the quiz. So check that out, bestcrmforme.com. So how's that giving you some uh, leading with some insight, huh? So let's jump in to our interview. Dr. Stephen Timmy and Melody Astley, all the way from the Atlanta, Hotlanta area, co-authors hey. of Insight-Led Selling. Welcome to the sales podcast. How the heck are you? Wes, could not be better. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having us here. We live in hot, Hotlanta. Yeah, it's getting hot here too, so I, uh, I feel your pain. So, you know, so funny story. So I live in Murrieta, California, and my first name is Joseph. And my dad lived in Marietta, Georgia at one time. And his first name is Joseph. And I got a letter that was mailed to him. How do they mess that up? I mean, like different states, different zip codes, different spelling of cities, but, you know, similar yet different. Well, uh, sometimes the postal service, I guess, gets it right. Sometimes they don't. (laughs) I don't know what to say. And it was a bill, right? They don't send me money, but anyway, I don't. You're a good son. Now, a good son. now I'm in a bad mood. We got to start over. All right, cut. Uh, <laughs> Wes, you sure your father didn't forward it to you? <laughs> he probably did, not knowing him. But that reminds me of another story. But don't get me off on these tangents. Okay. I can't be here all day. <laughs> um, I can't, but y'all can't. Like y'all are y'all are authors. Y'all are like smart people. You have things to do, so you know I I could keep you here all day. Uh, um, so insight-led selling, adopt an executive mindset, build credibility, communicate with impact. I mean, how does a PhD in finance, why, why, why should I listen 
to him. Melody, what, why should I listen to him? I mean, what's, what's going on here? Well, you know what? Despite everything, he actually kind of knows what he's talking about. <laughs> I mean, uh, he's been doing this finance for a long, long, long time from, you know, back in the university days to really break this apart and, and, and make what is a lot of sellers consider as an intimidating topic, this whole finance, language of finance, language of business. Right. Right. See, this as an intimidating topic. How do you right. peel that back and make it uh, consumable? And make it not scary and make it applicable. So that's why I would listen to him. No. Yeah, and I, I, I would add to that. Uh, I was very, when, when I, you know, start teaching at the university, I decided that being a professor, I was not taking a vow of poverty. It wasn't going to happen. I wanted too much stuff. So uh, I was very, very fortunate to get to work with a lot of well-known companies uh, like Georgia Pacific and Eli Lilly and Walmart goes on and on and on. And so almost always was working with them around improving uh, operational performance. So working with folks in the plant, Hey, what if we could get one more, one more yield, you know, a percent yield out of this, or, you know, the retailer, Hey, what if we could reduce inventories by one day? Why it could build this many stores. How cool would that be? So really picked up a lot of practical experience. Um, in fact, my joke is um, whenever I leave Finlistics, I'm going to go back to the university, except this time I know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, so really got a, a lot of experience. It's just by pure luck, Wes, I ran into, I was teaching a workshop at Georgia Tech and ran into this guy that was in sales. And he goes, oh my gosh, this is so cool. You know, we're always trying to show the value of what we do. Have you ever applied this to sales? And the answer was at that time, no. So it's really based upon, you know, a lot of practical experience uh, with what sellers, customers are really doing. So if they're doing it internally, why wouldn't a seller do it in selling to these customers. Mm-hmm. Well, and I've always told people, it's like, we're all in sales. That's true. You know, and cause you were, you were probably selling and didn't realize it. Right. As you were explaining. And, and I mean, we're all in sales. You're trying to get them to buy off on your recommendations. Uh, heck just trying to get them to, to take the meeting. Why should certain people from this company be in the meeting? It's all sales, right? Yeah. Exactly. And even in, inside a company, right, there's not unlimited resources. So, you know, I'm a plant manager. I want as much as I want. Well, there's another plant manager that wants as much as they want or product development. Give me a bunch of money or marketing. So it's all, it's all sales, internal, you know, external. It doesn't matter. So, I mean, and this book is brand new. So this isn't some theoretical stuff you regurgitated or revived from 1991. I mean, it's right now. So what are you seeing this different? I mean, the title is insight led. I'm reading one of your, the very first um, uh, recommendations or endorsements here from uh, the CIO at Georgia Pacific. You know, he says, bring me something fresh from the outside. Yes. Something I don't know. Show me that you've not only identified one of my problems, but you have a fresh solution that you've implemented somewhere else that will work for me too. Okay. Um so that fresh perspective, and, uh, and I agree, but like Steve Clancy, he's a CIO of a big company. How, how can I even get his attention that I'm not going to waste his time? Melly, you want to take that one? Yeah, um, and, and in this book, let me stop quickly. Uh, we interviewed over, uh, you know, over a dozen executives from big companies like Georgia Pacific or FedEx Kinko's or Coca-Cola, the list goes on, right? And um, 
that is one of the things that executives are so reluctant to do is to, to, to give their most valuable commodity of time. And, and that's why they help to participate in writing this book. It's saying we've sat through hundreds, if not thousands of just pitiful sales calls <laughs> where seller shows up and throws up and asks me what keeps me up at night and shows me a PowerPoint deck and talks about feature function. And I'm falling asleep. I, I, I'm distracted. I, I want this thing to be over. So what can we, as, as these buying executives, impart to the sales community to, to, to really make a better experience for both the seller and the buyer? So that's grounded in, tell me something I don't know, spend the time to understand my company's problems, spend the time to understand what's top of mind for me personally, and come to the table not to ask me a bunch of questions, but with a point of view that you want to validate and, and uh, with a solution that will help me meet one of my goals. Right. And, you know, Wes, it's interesting because, I mean, repeatedly we heard this, tell me something I don't know, tell me something I don't know, you know make my life easier. And uh, having worked with a lot of execs, uh, you know, I'm thinking, wait, you, you got this huge staff, you got these very expensive consultants, and you're asking a seller to tell you something you don't know. And they said, exactly. And their point was that, you know, these sellers are, are in the industry every day, you know, seeing how companies are going through digital transformation or going to cloud or doing this or doing that. They said, you know, so I, I want to hear from you, like, what is other, not, not anything confidential, what are they doing? What, what are the pit? Tell me what the pitfalls are, right? Because otherwise, it's going to be a very short meeting. So that was one of the major takeaways for me uh, to tell me something I don't know. And that, that became a central theme of the book. Like, hey, you, you think they know everything? And we, we, we have executives saying, we don't know everything, right? We're so focused on my company that, hey, bring me a fresh perspective. Yeah. Um, how do you balance, you know, tell me something I don't know versus ask a question I can't answer. Um, I've, I've kind of split the difference, right? I've told people, you know, on the one hand, I've always said, whoever's asking the questions is in control of the conversation, yeah. you know, but I can't just show up and throw up. Uh, I can't make them feel like it's an inquisition. <laughs> uh, and I've had other guests over the years um, that have done AI, uh, you know, analysis of calls. And what they've learned is that the the successful calls, what they have in common is there's a lot of give and take early on. So it's not just a lot of questions. Uh, so I do have to share some, some insights, uh, but don't we have to balance that? If I just tell you all these great things, why do you need to pay me? <laughs> right? If I'm yeah, yeah. giving you all this insight up front. So right. how, how do we balance that? Well, it's, it's one, do your homework, right? It goes a lot and you may not have every single answer, right. But what you will have as part of doing your homework is you will have a perspective on the business. You'll have a point of view about how you can help. So if you approach it saying, I've spent the time to learn more about you. And based on that, if you show up with genuine curiosity, they won't shut you down. They'll appreciate that, that you spent the time to, to come up with something potentially provocative for them. Yeah. And to, to add to that, I mean, then you, by understanding as much as you can in terms of what's in the public domain, you've earned the right 
to then ask questions. So, so their, their point was not come in and say, Hey, West, by the way, let me tell you what to do. <laughs> no, but you know, by demonstrating, Hey, I've done, I've done my homework, you know, I, I understand you all are trying to like, uh, there's a, a company pharmaceutical company right now trying to save $2 billion over the next three years, but they don't say where it comes from. Well, for me to bring that up, say West, you know, you're in supply chain. How much of that is yours? And here's what we've seen others do. So it's really having a conversation. So they were not asking like just, tell me something I don't know and I don't get to say anything, but, you know, tell me something I don't know, but let's have a conversation around, you know, how, how things are maybe different than you think they are, or maybe we didn't give that information at this detail of a level. How quickly can this happen though? Because what I'm afraid of, you know, from my clients is they get a bunch of salespeople that turn into just professional researchers, you know, like, Hey, Melody, did you, did you call that company? Well, I'm, I'm still, you know, I, I'm on page seven of, of 747 of my analysis. So I want to make sure that I got my ducks in a row before I call them. And like, at what point do you say, all right, I, I know as much as I'm, you know, the ROI on doing any more research is, is peaked. I got to jump in the pool. Yeah, this is not this is not um, an exercise to encourage analysis paralysis, right? You do have to get out there and do it. And so, in in the book, um, we we point out the specific things around um, buying personas. Who are they? What do they care about? Industry trends. How do you quickly uncover what those are? Company performance, business and financial performance. How do you how do you go sort through all of this information that's available to get to those nuggets quickly that matter. And then you're right. I mean, then you're at, then you're at end of job ready to go and, and start the discovery and, and engage with your client. Yeah. And part of it, Wes, it's a team sport. I mean, I can't, okay, you all go, you individual seller, go read the book and go do everything. That's, that's insane. Uh, it's really a process, but you know, we need marketing involved. We need sales enablement involved. We need, you know, the, solution architects involved. But the good news is, right, it's not a big science project because our, our clients we have today wouldn't put up with that if it was. But the, the good news is it's very, very scalable. I mean, so, so, I mean, as an example, we've done some surveys and less than 25% of sellers said go say, well, if I know my company's goals, I don't know how our solutions apply. That's pathetic, but it's not to me. It's not up to the individual seller. That's called you know marketing gets involved. Say, okay, here's the three things that we see people are doing in this industry, and here's how how our solutions fit in. So it's really a like I said, it's a team a team sport, and it's not a big science project either. It's about get, getting something that's relevant to these executive buyers. Does mm-hmm. Does this apply as well, like in smaller level businesses? Um, I mean, when I was in corporate America, I did have a team, right? I had a, uh, a systems engineer I could bring out. So I had, you know, a VP I could bring out. I could bring the CTO out on a couple of companies I was with, um, you know, but like being on my own as the sales whisperer, I don't have a big team. Uh, I've got contractors. I, uh, I call, I got a call right after this actually with a contractor an expert in an area that I'm bringing in to augment what we're working on. Um, but can, can the solopreneurs or the smaller businesses boil this down uh, and still apply some of this? Yeah. I mean, here, here's the deal. Rather this solo entrepreneur is selling a big company or small companies or some research done years ago that said, Hey, guess what? 
small private companies buy for the exact, almost the exact same reasons the big company. And I can tell you, like in my case, we, in, until, I don't know, that many years ago, I was not a finance person. I wasn't a big believer in marketing, right? Like I give you a dollar, how many do I get back? And I, I kept asking, ask El, Melody, I asked the, the ad agencies, I'm going to give you a dollar. I want five back. So tell me all about that. So the motivation for buying is the same. And for the, you know, the, the smaller companies, right? Well, they, they can bring other things to the table, but they still need to know the basics. Like with this, this industry, you know, you've got people trying to take out costs to compensate for higher labor costs because of COVID uh, protocols or something like that. So, so the answer, yes. I mean, cause we were a small company. We competed against the big guys and won. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool. Um, I love what, so earlier I wrote this down, uh, you know, genuine curiosity uh, on page, uh, where am I? 237, uh, getting into kind of the, kind of the summary, uh, you know, don't go too deep, you know, uh, demonstrates what you're, proposing delivers business outcomes. So I call it always be concise. So I, I came up with the new ABCs of selling, right? Instead of always be closing, always be curious, always be concise. And like, you, you don't know for sure what they're interested in, right? So are you, do you recommend like touching like on the surface of a few topics and see which one, like where they raise their hand and then go deep? Yeah, Melody? Uh. Yeah, because yeah, it's not a single a singular point of view, right? Uh, right? Companies have a lot on their plates in terms. It's not just we're we're trying to accomplish one thing this year. There there's a laundry list of things, and so uh, your 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 research piece quickly would be which which areas can I even help them with? Some you can, some you can't. That's okay, right? But on the ones you can, there very well could be more than one of them. So then instead of, uh, you, you want to ping it just to see where it falls on the priority list, because where it falls, if it, if it reads as important in the investor presentation, but the executive you're speaking to isn't the key stakeholder in that project or whatever, I'm making it up, right? You just want to yeah. understand the priority and then, and then shift your conversation to, to address their top priorities. Yeah, here, here a live example. I was just on a call a couple hours ago, uh, working with one of our clients, and so they're calling on a client, big customer who's who super thin margin business, and they said, okay, our goal is to improve returns, right, return on capital, and so they they do some wonderful things about direct cost, cost goods sold, as well as days in inventory. So what she's going to do because they haven't articulated how they're going to do this she's going to be ready to go to say, Wes, you know, I've I noticed I've, I've seen this trending upwards. Uh, and I also understand you're trying to get this done. You know, what are some of your initiatives? Oh, let me share with you how we helped others. So she's got two points of entry and it could be the one person goes, well, I don't care about the one, but I want to talk to you about the other. Or like Candy Conway, the former uh, VP of global operations at AT&T, blessed to have her as one of the people we interviewed. She said, come in and, but be ready to pivot because it could be that you, you understand our goal is this. Well, guess what? That morning, I may have been told to cut my budget 10%, you know? So she said, be ready to pivot, demonstrate you've done your work, but be ready to pivot. So yeah, I think going in with a singular view is just one, it's hard to pivot. And two, like Melody said, they're up to a couple of different things, but, you know, I have a couple of, of ideas that you'd like to discuss with them. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place 
by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. When a salesperson follows these steps, you know, and, and shows that they've got a brain uh, and they're not just looking at them as a paycheck, uh, do, do these executives, I mean, do they admit that they will let their guard down? Will they open up? You know, at what point do they, you know, is it, you know, defenses are up warning, you know, salesperson, you know, lock up my wallet to, you know, bring the guard down. Let's truly open up. Let's really see what we can, if we can work together. Is there like a specific point where that happens? Can it happen quickly? Well, the trusted partnerships and strategic partnerships develop only over time, right? But, but, credibility and confidence and and demonstration of knowledge that all is is that all could be first impression stuff right so how does it show how do you show up out of the gates and if you show up with that confidence and credibility sure they 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 will start to let their guard down and then like i said over time the relationship would morph into something um, longer term more strategic but sure and and we even had some of the executives tell us well it may not be once they you know, showing this confidence and trust, you know, I may not have anything on my plate right now, but guess what? I'll refer them to someone in the company that could use this. And someone went so far as say, I'll refer them to some of my competition. So the answer is yes, but I, I like what you said. I mean, here, here's a salesperson, lock everything up, keep my hand over my wallet. Um, that's just, that's so unfortunate because there's so many companies out there that bring a lot of really good information and can help these companies improve their overall financial and operational performance. And I would add that is why with, with just post COVID and, and, you know, what, what will the post COVID world look like in terms of virtual interaction or face-to-face and how does that happen? I would argue that insight led selling is more important than ever because you have to cut through the noise and there's just a lot of noise for, for these buyers. Mm-hmm. How can we get these people's attention? Do they, will they answer a cold call? Will they reply to a cold call? Uh, does it take 10 cold calls and yeah, I mean, emails and some chocolate? <laughs> it, it's, it's nearly all of them. No surprise here have well, well, well informed gatekeepers in their executive assistants who who understand the screening criteria that they have set up, right? So so if you are a buying executive and and there's something that rings like, oh, do I have a fiduciary responsibility to hear this out, right? Um, That's oftentimes times what you see, right? They've got very well-informed gatekeepers. Yeah. And and I I would add, you know, we use the term give to get. I mean, don't don't try to sell me right yeah come on everyone is i mean how many emails do you get a day wes and swipe left right so but you know so let's say i know that someone you know, someone's in manufacturing they I, i've read that they're you know are focused on industry 4.0 right well and, and I, I just saw this really cool article that talks about the business and financial benefits well share share that with me 
right? Don't write the starting block, say, I want to sell you something, but well, I understand that you're interested in this. I, I thought you would find this to be very valuable. So, uh, I mean, just trying to sell me right away. I mean, it, it helps that if you are going to reach out to me, they make some reference to what the heck I'm up to. But I mean, I think that has to be, I, I have to trust you first and sharing with me to something that I find a value is, to me is a great way to start the process. Um, how much do y'all get into like, like de- defeating the incumbents? Um, because usually they're already working on something, right? And, and it's, it's, not, it's not brand new. You know, usually we're coming in and we're either filling a gap that the competition doesn't fill or they drop the ball, uh, you know, and maybe they're open now to hearing some, some alternatives. Um, you know, how, how can a newcomer get their foot in the door? Because uh, I was in technology sales for years, and, and so, one of the reasons I got out, it was so frustrating calling on the big companies, they'd sign these like multi-year contracts and, and you were basically locked out. I mean, and I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't like that. <laughs> I'm like, you're telling me no, you're not telling me no. And then my boss is like, Oh yeah, they just told us no. I'm like, well, this yeah. sucks. Um, well, the world, I mean, the world is, is changing in, in terms of the way that, that people buy. I mean, one is they're, they're far more informed than they've ever been um, because there are so many more stakeholders in a deal and we've all seen it, right? We've, we've all seen the clients that have like their pet vendor or, you know, they, I'll sole source everything that I can because I'm buddies with da-da-da-da-da, right? Um, but because there are more stakeholders, <clears throat> there is more, and frankly, turnover at the executive levels. There's always that new perspective and there's always that level of, of scrutiny where you can't really get so comfortable because guess what? I talk about the buyers being smarter, more educated, but what they're buying is different and that we are now solidly in a SaaS based economy, right? So I'm not signing up or it's rare, rarer that I'm signing a five or 10 year deal or something that will contractually lock out my ability to look as a buyer at other options. So SaaS based economy is really driving this. uh, We need to evaluate the value that we've realized or the value that we thought we bought into on a much more regular basis. Cause I can turn the switch off whenever I want and go somewhere else. Yeah. And, and at the same time, be smart, right, Wes? And so I've just, you know, invested, you know, hundred, $200 million in some new CRM system. Well, more than likely I'm not going to be ripping that out anytime soon, but, but, you know, what we encourage is that, okay, but what, what, what are their actual goals and is there some other role that you can play to lay on top of that or to augment that or bring a new perspective? Because there, as you know, the nowadays, every, everything's changing. I mean, look, look at how COVID, I've also like, okay, here's our supply chains. That's all great. And also like, Oh, here's our supply chains. Not so great. So, but yeah, I mean, then you gotta be smart. If someone just invested a ton of money. They're kind of be ripping all that stuff out and going to the CFO and say, well, I remember that ROI I told you about. I think I got a better one. Let's, let's invest yeah. more money. Forget it. Do y'all get into like the, the new sale versus support and, and upselling? Um, you know, when I was 27 getting into sales, like I didn't want to hold anybody's hand. I want to close that deal, throw it over the fence, go back out and hunt. Um, you know, dealing with larger sales and, and, and back then I wasn't selling to the, to the fortune 1000s. Uh, 
but that's where the big money is, right? It's going deep and wide, uh, you know, so there's that, does that original salesperson need to stay in control? Are they quarterbacking that thing? Or, you know, at what point does it get handed off and some type of support or maintenance person? I, I think that that, uh, that dynamic organizationally is also changing too because of the SaaS-based economy and because you look at cost of sale, right? Acquisition costs and, and the way that SaaS companies are being measured is different than it was before. So it used to be that the account, the person who sold the deal will hold hands and stay in it as long as possible. But, but now we need volume. We need quick value to real, quick time to, to value. And so or, you see organizations largely tech, mostly tech, uh, investing in their customer success groups. So that handoff is natural. And then the linkage is just what value was the deal sold on? And are we, are we tracking to, to recognize that? Well, Wes is funny. One of the executives said, I, I want to feel like the salesperson is working for me. And I'd love nothing better than his boss be really PO'd at him because he thinks he's doing too much for me. But, but yeah, I mean, so what Melly says is true. Plus the fact, I mean, you, you know, we, we got to be successful because especially more and more as us finance types, are measuring this promised return. Cause in the past, unless it was a big bet, we didn't go back and measuring that stuff. Right now, more and more, it's like, well, wait a minute. Uh, you told me I was going to have 300% ROI and cost we're going to do this. And let me see it. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was, you know, before COVID. So yeah, let's, let's go ahead. Let's not uh, look backwards. Okay. Let's, let's move <laughs> forward. We don't need to analyze all of that. Oh my gosh. Uh, so, so chapter seven is from value proposition to business case. Um, I, I was always selling uh, basically the, a trial, right? And I tell my clients now, you know, like if, if I can't get somebody to sign off on a $1,500 trial, how am I going to get them to sign off on a $150,000 install? Yeah. Um, is that... Is that kind of what you're getting at is kind of get your toe in the water, but get them to have a little bit of skin in the game and it's, and it's easier to ramp it up. Um, well, back to the whole consumption economics, that is how a lot, how a lot are um, buying now, right? Let's start small, grow over time. But in the purpose, the, the purpose of the book, when you talk about going from value proposition to business case, it's really more uh, speaking in terms of, of how and when you execute each part of that. So the value proposition we talk about is almost like the in-person conversation. How are you and I jointly establishing the value stakes that we're going to agree on? And then the business case is more the, not the in-person, but on paper, how do we formalize that to capture the value that you and I in person agreed to? Yeah. And, and, and Wes, part of that too, we heard this repeatedly. Don't, in fact, the one guy, I can't remember who it was, <laughs> If you come in with a 30 page, 30 slide PowerPoint presentation, either one, it's going to be a short meeting or I'm going to catch up on my sleep. Um, so th they all reinforce this. Hey, give me the one pager that I can then socialize within the company. I don't want to have to go and reorganize because they're not going to read the 30 pages. But no, really building on what Melody said, the first part of that is just building the confidence. And I think that's, you know, the credibility. And part of that is, 
tell me, here's the three things I'm trying to get accomplished. Convince me I should spend any more time on this because you're going to help me achieve potentially one of those three. So it's, it's really just, you know, convincing them that, hey, these, they, they know what the heck they're doing and they, this is how they're going to do it. And potentially here's how much. Mm-hmm. I know the book is pretty new, but how, how has it changed your business? Uh, are you seeing, is this, is it starting to open more doors or are you seeing in a different light? Cause, cause y'all have been at this for a while, right? About a decade or so. Yeah. Plus I, well, it's so long, my hair, my hair was dark. Now it's <laughs> I mean, together with, at Finlistics, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so are, are you like, what, what motivated, you know, the, the drive to write a book and, and are you starting to see. Uh, the benefits of having it. So, so the launch is, is July 6th. So just a a, a bit away. And um, we wrote the book for a couple of reasons. One clients have been asking, Hey, Hey, we, we like this approach. How can we document it? Can you write a book? It's like, sure, sure. That sounds like a good idea, but then time, right. It's, It's a, you know, you have no time or the next thing comes up or the next thing comes up. It's like, so Stephen and I share this story quite a bit, which is, he said, okay, we're either going to write this damn book or we're never going to talk about it again. This and is said, 2020. And I said, I agree. And so um, we agreed to write it in like January, February, but then COVID hit and we found ourselves having a lot more free time. So we used the time to, to do it. Yeah. And a couple of motivations. One, still having that professor in me it's like people when you see a gap it's like you know knowledge is power these are not stupid people they just are have some misguided activities in my opinion so it's like look it's not as hard as you think it is it's really not so wanting to really it's really like a give back so i've been blessed this my company's done great i'm with all kinds of people and this and that so Part, part was a give back. And quite frankly, part was to build credibility and ultimately to drive sales. And let's be honest about it. But I think the biggest difference it's made so far is that by uh, providing these executives perspective, and we, we've already got some wonderful coaches that work for us. I mean, we get like net promoter scores of 80% plus. But now that we've got you know, the, the insights from the coaches, you know, we get to use that with sellers saying, look, it's self-serving for us to tell you to do this. All right. I admit it. You know, right? But, you know, when you've got the former VP of supply chain at Procter and Gamble saying, yeah, I really think you ought to do this. Guess what? I think you ought to really do this. So it, it's brought, it's brought more, more cred uh, as well as influence some of the things that we're developing uh, to reflect their thoughts. So executives are still reading, huh? Is that what you're saying? Hope so. <laughs> I don't. I don't read though. I, I do the ebooks. <laughs> well, that's still reading. <laughs> right? Or, or do you mean audio books? Audio books. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's still. I mean, I I do all of the above. So. It's, yeah. um But the fact that they're asking you to document this and give them something in writing, I mean, it's a good sign. I on my Monday call, you know, I've been nudging my people, you know, to write more. Um, and because it still works. And even if you, you know, that can become the, the foundation of a PowerPoint or a webinar or an audio series, but you got to start with something documented. Um, and 
you know, people are still gobbling up content, good content, good right? Because there is, there's more content than ever, you know, but they, they still go for the good stuff. Um, so when you're working with your clients, I mean, you, you've got the, the financial part in your name. Uh, are you, does that mean you're only working with financial companies or you, your lead in is to help any company with straightening out their finances? And then are you branching out into other areas once they retain you? Well, we're, we're almost exclusively, exclusively sales now. So we'll work with enterprise, mainly technology, enterprise sales, mainly technology companies. So we're not, we're, I mean, so secret Cisco is one of our clients. We're not going and telling Cisco, here's how you straighten up your finances, but we are certainly working with their sales organization saying, here's how you can sell more, sell more effectively and finance West, by the way, finance is a part of it. But that's only one chapter in the book. The rest of it is, do you know your client's goals? Do you know how executives think? Do you know how to tailor a message to a CMO versus a CFO? So there's a strong financial component to it, but it's really to help sellers in, in the enterprise technology, primarily the technology space. How do, you, how do you just do this stuff better? How do, you, how do you become more relevant? How do you tell that executive something they don't know? Yeah. So, yeah, I just wanted to make sure that, you know, people might see or hear Finlistics and they think, well, I'm not finance. So, like, I don't, no, I don't think that. One out of six chapters. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Um, so, the book is coming out. Actually, when we release this episode, I mean, I'll check my notes, but it'd be uh, right around the time the book's coming out. So, yes. you've made a landing page for the book, right? That's right. Right. Um, insight led well, www, right, Wes? Yeah, well, <laughs> we'll we'll figure it out. Uh, because yeah, I've had that problem, but hopefully, you figure yeah. it out e- either or. But to be safe, www, uh, right, insight insightledselling.com. Uh, also, mm-hmm. you can find us at finlistics.com and you can find us on LinkedIn and basically all the channels. And the book yeah. will be on Amazon, just go out there, it gets released right. uh, July 6th. So really encourage you to go out and for the first uh, week for the ebook, there's going to be some very special pricing at a dollar ninety nine. Oh, nice! Uh, so hey, go out and buy it, and you, you know I think you're going to get a lot of insights. It's been a, you know just a, a lot of knowledge that we've acquired over the years, not just made up, but actually got from other sellers, got from executive buyers, those type of things. So right. So it's insightledselling.com. All right. So what's the rule of thumb on LED versus LEAD? I, I've never known that. I'm always Googling that. I mean, thematically, <laughs> what do you say? Yeah, because yeah, I always, I, 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 I intersperse or swap those out all the time. But I know there's technically like a right, it should be LED instead of, instead of LEAD, right? Yes, which is why, which is crazy. That's why it is LED, because that's the way it should be. (laughs) One is looking into the future, the other one's looking back. Now, I have no idea what I'm talking about. That sounded pretty good, though, didn't it? (laughs) Lead versus lead. Look, you have a PhD, so I'm just going to trust whatever you say. All right, so you better, Mm -hmm. you know, with great with great power comes great responsibility. So, Ah. yes, Spider Man. (laughs) I think that was in that movie. Oh, very nice. All right. So Insight Led, L-E-D, InsightLedSelling.com is your book. Uh, and yes, I will uh, move some interviews around to get this out uh, closer to your date. So it will be out there when everybody listens to this. 
Um, and uh, I appreciate y'all coming on the show. Yeah. yeah Thanks, Chris. And uh, if y'all are trying, if, if you come west, let me know. Uh, I'll be speaking in Orlando in September, but that's not exactly right around the corner from you. We are so ready to travel. I'm kind of sort of. I have traveled a little bit, um, but I don't know. If they're yelling at me to wear a mask on a plane, I'm just, I'm not, oh, yeah. I'm not yeah. fired up. But hey, I am, I am fired up to go out and see some people. So that I am looking forward to that. So cool. You know, the world is opening back up. So let's grow our selling, shall we? That's right. <laughs> right. Thanks. Thanks, everybody. All right. Thanks for coming to the show. It's great to see you. Take care. Bye. Bye. Show up with genuine curiosity, right? I think I mentioned it. Maybe, maybe not, you know, but the the new ABCs of selling. I've been hammering that point for years. You know, coffee is for closers. A, always B, B, C, closing. And that's just crap. That's literally 80-year-old advice. The new ABCs include always be curious, Always be concise. Always be courteous. So I like that um, they bring that up. You know, earn the right to ask questions. Um, selling is a team sport. Amen. Especially when the, the complex sale, uh, selling to larger institutions. Uh, professional selling is a process. Well, hello. You know, I've got the process before login. Um, I go through the ABCDEs of selling, attract, bond, convert, deliver, and deer. I'm actually giving a talk uh, here in Murrieta in a couple of weeks on that. I'll be covering the same thing at um, one of my first, uh, actually my first paid keynote uh, since COVID hit. I'm going out to uh, Orlando in September to speak to 175, 200 salespeople. Uh, and I'm covering that specifically, ABCDE, why you need to have system, a process, things need to be documented. You need to understand um, and identify anything you do two or three times a day or four or five times a week. You need to have a process for it and automate it if you can. Outsource it if you can automate it. Okay, so you can focus on the big things. Uh, But you need to enter the conversation going on in the mind of the prospect. You've heard me say that a thousand times on these episodes. That's how you can lead with insight. Put yourself in their shoes okay if you need help with this if you'd like to bounce some ideas around you know live every week every monday plus in the private group you can ask questions at any time join us sellmoreofeverything.com thanks for listening i'll go sell something everybody in your crew identifies as either big mac burger mcnuggets or mccrispy sandwich but you're the filet fish sandwich all day That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.